We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Tuesday, December the 28th, 2021. Today's show, former Gamecocks football player Alex McGrath joins me once again to break down the latest developments with South Carolina football, including the additions of quarterback Spencer Rattler and tight end Austin Stogner. We also talk about bowl game opt-outs that have hit South Carolina and across college football as well. Of course, also, we break down the game on Thursday as the Gamecocks take on the North Carolina Tar Heels in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Guys, all that much more here in a packed Tuesday show. And it's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, for all your moving needs this holiday season and going into the new year, be sure to check out our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media, at Upstate Movers Group. Or of course, if you have any other questions, go to their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That's upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. Once again, former Gamecocks football player Alex McGrath, very excited to chat with him as there have been a lot of recent developments with South Carolina football over the last couple of weeks. Of course, we have not talked with Alex or chatted with Alex since the final game of the 2021 season, but the Gamecocks, of course, are bowl bound. It is game week. South Carolina taking on UNC. And of course, guys, like I said, tons of other things to get into as well. Very excited to get Alex's perspective here on this Tuesday. First things first, Alex, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you. How was the Christmas with the kiddos? And uh, how have you been over the last couple of weeks? Been good, man. Been good. You know, we've got we've gotten through Christmas. You know, uh, Santa Claus woke my children up at a quarter of six Christmas morning. Um, so we were up for a long time before the sun came up, dailying and all the toys that Santa had left. And, you know, 15, 16 straight hours of parenting will leave you a little uh, Christmas hungover on a on a Monday. So you know, that's 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 where we find ourselves. Yeah, I told you off the air, man. I mean, obviously, you're, you're in the office. You're fighting a good fight in the office. You know, some people take off from like, I feel like like the 15th to the end of the year, but you're uh, 
you're fighting the good fight in the office this week, my friend. A lot of respect for you in that regard. <laughs> let, let, let my appearance in the office serve as a PSA to everybody else in the corporate world, not to ignore administrative tasks until the last minute. So if I can provide that service to everyone, I'm happy to do it. But like you said, Christmas with small children's an adventure. So you probably, I I would imagine you might be kind of glad to leave the household and kind of, you know, let that, that take care of itself on the home front. No, Chris, I would never be excited (laughs) to leave the family with all of those new toys. That sounds uh, that's a, how heartless could I be? Yeah, good point. Now, I, so I asked you before, by the way, about like the Christmas tree and when do you put out Christmas decorations? So are you a uh, day after Christmas, like rip the tree down and rip the decorations down? Or do you let it, do you let it, do you let it hang out until like New Year's or what, what's, what's your, what's your timeline on taking all the stuff down? That's a, that's a really good question. So we've, we've taken down some of the decorations, tree still up. A lot of the inside stuff outside of the tree has been boxed up and put away. Like outdoor decorations, I I really don't want to climb a tree to get lights off of it right now. So I'm going to let that hang out for as long as my wife will let me let that hang out. Um, but we're kind of picking it up in pieces as we're outside and everybody's playing with stuff. Very good. Very good. No, I, I If I had a tree, I think I'd probably be like late this week would be when I take it down. But hey, teach there or whatever. Hey, let's talk Gamecocks again, Alex. It's been a couple of weeks since we had you on and a lot to discuss a lot to get into. We got to start with the huge news, though, that took Gamecock Nation by storm just a few weeks ago when Shane Beamer really just dropped the bomb on us all. And uh, he found himself a quarterback, Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma, officially a Gamecock. He also brought along his friend Austin Stogner, the tight end, which a fantastic player. I think this dude's like 6'6", 260 and runs like a freaking gazelle. I- I'm very curious, again, to get your your insight and your perspective on this, because, Alex, we knew, right, the reality of the quarterback position and the revolving door it was this year. And just that was something that had to be addressed, right? You don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. And I brought the statistic up to you off the air that South Carolina did not throw for more than 200 yards in its last five games. So the passing attack was a problem. But again, when you have that guy, when you have that guy, and it's no disrespect to anybody currently on the roster, but when you have that guy, you have a chance. And I think you and I both felt like Shane Beamer needed to make that splash. And we talked about if it wasn't priority number one, it was very close. Your overall thoughts and your reactions when you saw the news, because I think we speculated on it for a while, right? Like, hey, he's in the portal. Where is he going to go? Does Shane Beamer have, you know, good enough ties with this kid to get him here? And the Gamecocks, Alex, finally did something they don't normally do. They took a risk. Despite the outside noise, they took a risk. You now bring in Spencer Rattler, who is undisputed QB1 going into 2022. All types of new hope optimism for your season for the future Gamecocks football but your immediate thoughts reactions overall feelings on the addition of Spencer Rattler and Austin Stogner from Oklahoma I mean it's 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 huge I mean to, to get somebody in that position who is as highly touted and is as talented as Spencer Rattler is I mean you know one you kind of settle the dust on QB1 position going into 22 and two it just brings a ton of national attention to the program that's really not been there since you know Spurrier walked through the door and I think you know when you're trending in that direction given like the early signing period and you know like right here in the lifeblood of that recruiting cycle I think that just speaks volumes of the staff and what they were able to accomplish here I mean you and I joked you know once Lincoln Riley decided to go to Southern Cal you know, our sincerest wish was that Beamer was on an airplane and to Norman Oklahoma to go talk to all these guys and 
turns out maybe he was. Yeah, I was going to say, can, can we all just, you know, just just talking about this, can we all stop and take a moment to just re- recognize what a what a legend Shane Beamer is? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just a legend to, to make this happen. Like, I, I just it's incredible, dude. Like, Beamer's a baller, bro. I, 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 you know, awesome. I mean, it's beyond words how big of an impact that is picking up Spencer Rattler. It's just I mean, incredible. It's, yeah, I mean, it- you have legitimacy of the position that, you know, has been wishwashy at best for years now. And so, I mean, that's just, you know, you know, there's no Colin Hill transfer coming in to see what can happen. There's no, oh, my God, our starting quarterback went down. Do we have anyone else? Oh, here's a grad assistant that has a year of eligibility left. Now you have like a legitimate player. And not say like Luke's not a legitimate player, but like, you know, a nationally – recognized name that's going to be pulling the trigger for you next year and the attention that that brings with it, you know, you know, could be both negative and positive, but on the front end, certainly until the ball snapped, it's hugely positive. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned Alex, the national recognition. I mean, South Carolina was on sports center and not for a blunder or a mishap or some embarrassing highlight. Like the Gamecocks were literally trending. And like you said, I agree with you that, I mean, on the field, obviously it's a huge pickup. You, you, you have exponentially, upgraded that position and what Shane Beamer by the way has done I want to get to this more in just a second but what he's done just transforming the quarterback room adding not just Spencer Rattler but Braden Davis Tanner Bailey the former Oregon committee I mean, it's it's very apparent in my opinion that Shane Beamer knew hey I gotta find a quarterback like I, I gotta change this room because we're not gonna win big or even have the chance to win big if we don't have QB1 we're just not going to right it's a quarterback driven league quarterback driven game if you don't have that guy on a week-in, week-out basis in the SEC, going to be very, very tough, unless you got, like, a defense like Georgia had this year. Either way, though, you, you mentioned the national which, recognition. Which, even yeah. talking about Georgia, didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work in the end, I guess. But who knows? Maybe the playoff will see things shake out differently. But either way. It will. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> Ala- Georgia would be a great program if Alabama just didn't exist. Uh, but, you know, they do. Yes, they would. They, they, they do. So, But either way, you talk about, again, the national recognition. And I, I think, again, on the field, it's obvious the impact Spencer Rattler brings. But the national recognition, I want to get your takeouts again. This is looking way, way far ahead. But your overall expectations for Spencer Rattler uh, in a Gamecocks uniform, because I was asked that question. And for me, it's very hard to pinpoint statistically, you know, he's got to throw for this many yards or throw 20 touchdowns or 25 or 30 or whatever. But for me, it will be a successful stint at USC. People have been asking me, you know, how many years is he going to be at Carolina? Well, hopefully one, because hopefully he balls out and gets drafted. The Gamecocks, Alex, have not had a quarterback drafted since 1989, Todd Ellis. And so I think if you can, if, if Spencer Rattler can break through and be that guy, he's obviously an NFL guy. If he can get drafted, I think it automatically just opens the door up to more big-time quarterback talent, five stars that maybe wouldn't have considered South Carolina, but now they say, hey, I can go there and get to the league. Like, it's possible. Somebody did it. Um, I mean, any early thoughts, though, what you would feel like, what you would deem a successful season for Spencer Rattler next year? Ooh. um, You know, we – I think okay. So let me let me back let me back up a tad. I think you know, assuming that the story is true, I think Siderfield's pitch to him, while some may view it as you know a little too brusque, I think it actually brings some legitimacy to it because it's like, hey, you were this all-world talented player at Oklahoma, and you just got supplanted by a freshman. Mm-hmm. So you know, the entire world thinks you stink, and the entire world thinks I stink. 
And so I think mostly for him, you know, if we are going to continue to run this system is can he adapt to something that he's going to look at more on Sundays versus what he was doing in Oklahoma. And so what does that look what is, like translating that into success? I, yeah. I mean, if you, if you can, if you can win eight games, throw four, 27, 2,800 yards, 20 touchdowns. I think that's a huge win for him hmm. and us as a program. Yeah. Now it's going to be exciting, man. Like you said, it, it just brings and the splash that Shane Beamer has made on the college football world, not just the SEC, not just South Carolina, but the college football world, the college football landscape, landing a Spencer Rattler, landing that name, having him in Columbia. I mean, it's going to be incredible when he posts that first that first picture on his Instagram, whatever, him actually in a Carolina jersey, it'll be like, oh, this is real. So, uh, hell of a job. I mean, it's I can't say enough good things about Shane Beamer is, is literally the GOAT for that edition. I mean, it's it's incredible. <laughs> I mean, your, your guy, Shane Beamer, is a legend for that. Our guy, Shane Beamer, a legend for that. Um, we're talking recruiting, of course. You know, the transfer portal is a big thing. Um, I'll just get your brief thoughts, Alex, on – you know, any, any major takeaways from the recruiting class? I mean, the Gamecocks, I think, right now are sitting at, like, 20th or 21st. Uh, obviously, you had the big flip of Jay Sean Barhan the morning of signing day, which was just a complete mess. And, and especially when we when we found out – when we I'll ask you that. Have you ever heard a recruiting story like that? Because Shane Beamer was no. very blunt, very honest. I mean, the kid literally committing, and Shane Beamer gets a call 10 minutes later saying, hey, just so you know, he's going to flip on signing day. I, I mean – I've I've never personally heard of anything so crazy as what Jason Barham did. So the, the person that called was who? I, somebody close to the situation in Maryland. I have no idea. I because that's no the, like that's the only detail I saw on it was like yeah. somebody close to the situation. I was like, what does that mean? Was that well, like and a what makes relative, it so bad? A friend? Like, yeah, who I, was that? Maybe a coach. You know, I, I think what makes it so bad too, though, is that you know Beamer said that Barham and his mother called him the night before signing day, and we're saying. You know, we're so happy we found a home. You know, we, we can't wait to get to South Carolina. And then he pulls the rug out from under the morning of signing day. So, I, you know. That just doesn't – I don't – it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't know it why doesn't. you would – it's a weird troll. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't get way. it either. But but either way, I, I think the Gamecocks – and they've still got room, obviously, to add because the, the you know, the other signing day or what used to be normal signing day is in February. So, there's still time to add pieces. I think you're going to see South Carolina continue to attack the transfer portal. But – your overall thoughts, any, any any takeaways from you on the recruiting class? Again, you're like 20th, 21st, very defensive-heavy class with six defensive backs, a lot of great defensive talent. You also added, of course, I mentioned Braden Davis, Tanner Bailey, who just signed at the quarterback position, Landon Sampson at wide receiver, a couple offensive linemen. Anything stand out to you overall from uh, Shane Demers, what I would call his first legitimately full signing class as Gamecocks head coach? Yeah, I mean, I think I think where we are nationally at this point, I think, you know, is the best you could have hoped for. Certainly given kind of where, you know, the trajectory we've been on for the last three years, I think to get, I think if you could, you know, if you could add in the transfer portal guys that we've gotten in this, I guess, class, so to speak, um, I think that number rockets way up the board to your probably top 10 at that point. You know, if you could count a Spencer Rattler or an Austin Stogner in there, um, so I think I think you've addressed a lot of the positions of need, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and bringing in new talent, fresh blood into the program. So I'm curious to see where all that stands out. Do I wish there were more elite receivers in that class? Certainly, but you know I think from a positional need standpoint, I think we could the nail on the head. 
Yeah, and I think South Carolina, Alex, you know, I think, again, obviously, you know, Shane Beamer has shown he's, he's not going to sit on his hands. He's going to go attack the transfer portal. And I, I made the point that, you know, it's funny. You've got one coach in the upstate that complains about the transfer portal and doesn't like the way new age college football is. And then you got a guy like Shane Beamer, who is not only adapted to the times, but taking advantage. And I can tell you what, one of those two gentlemen is going to succeed being a head football coach in today's game. And it ain't the guy up to the Northwest. It's Shane Beamer in Columbia, South Carolina. So I, I, I would expect them to add a couple more offensive pieces, definitely receivers. You got to add playmakers again. I'm sure they sold Spencer Rattler on, hey, we're going to go out and find you weapons. We're going to go find you some protection. You know, we're not going to just leave you hanging out to dry and let your numbers suffer because of it. So I have to think they're going to go out there and, and attack the portal. Again, you mentioned the transfer portal. And, uh, you know, I want to talk about that a little bit because we just saw last week, uh, Jason Brown, Gamecocks quarterback, entered the transfer portal. Your overall thoughts on the portal as a whole? I don't know if I've really, really talked to you about that. I mean, do you like the transfer portal as is? Because it really has truly, you know, brought in some sort of a sense of free agency in college football. D do you like the portal? Do you think there needs to be restrictions or policies in place? Your overall thoughts? Because, again, you're a former player. So I, I, I am very pro whatever helps the players because we're seeing coaches up and leave. But to yeah. a degree, it's kind of madness. And being a college football coach has become even tougher because you have to account for it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have no issue with the portal whatsoever. I think the, the rule where you had to sit out unless you transferred down was kind of ridiculous on its face, given, you know, if you're a coach, you can just up and leave whenever you want to. Um, so, no, I, I don't have any issue with the portal. I mean, if, if a guy wants to, I mean, you know, like, I guess my question would be, you know, to the fierce opponents of it, like, if somebody doesn't want to be there, why would you want to keep them there? Yeah. Like, it, I don't think that's really helping anybody. Like, the kids that are okay sitting for two to three years and, you know, prepping themselves for that moment, like, they're not going to go anywhere. Like, the people that are going to leave are the people that would have left anyway or been, you know, potentially a problem on the inside because they're not getting the playing time they think they should be getting or deserve to get. And so, you know, kind of relieving yourself of that headache, I think is as a coach, I think it's a good thing. Now, does it add a layer of chaos to everything across the board? I mean, certainly, but I mean, that's what you get paid $5 million a year to deal with. Right. Yeah. And before so we, I, I don't really feel bad for them. I'll put it that way. Right. 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 I mean, yeah, they're being compensated, you know, handsomely to, to, to work out, do do the admin work as you said right, right. <laughs> in the, yes, in the yes. that's their that's their that's their admin work so yeah it's you know whatever push and pull but uh before we move into the bowl game again on that note Alex I talked about Jason Brown entering the portal he will not play in the bowl game against UNC and this is this is with the transfer portal and opt outs right we had a very intense conversation uh, about a week and a half or so ago about bowl season. How do you fix bowl season with guys? You know, we saw Kenny Pickett at Pittsburgh and they're running back. They opt out. And it's affecting a lot of games, right? It really is. Um, you know, I want to give you the floor. You know, your overall thoughts on players opting out for bowl games. And, and you know, again, we've seen J.J. Nibare's, Aquandre White, Jason Brown, of course, who's in the portal. You know, does it rub you the wrong way? Is it something that bothers you? Again, guys are chasing money and they're chasing, uh, you know, if they're a first-round draft pick. And I, and I totally understand that. You know what I mean? I, I totally get that. But I also go back to this. When you were at South Carolina, you guys won the 2006 Liberty Bowl. And that was a big deal. And when you're a school yeah. like South Carolina, let's call it for what it is, you've won nine bowl games in 129 years of football. Winning a bowl game is a big deal. 
And I, I remember when, not just for the Gamecocks, but across college football, adding to your school's trophy case was also a very big deal. I mean, you think the Liberty Bowl is something you probably still get asked about and talk about. The guys that won the 01 and 02 Outback Bowls, I mean, they're, they're still revered as like those special teams, right, that beat Ohio State. That was a very and still is a very big deal. How do you think you fix bowl season? I mean, is there a way to? Because I feel like at least the media has kind of ruined it as well. We're like, all the emphasis is on the playoff. And if you're not on the playoff, then the bowl game doesn't matter. The game doesn't matter. Again, we saw it with Kenny Pickett opting out. And he didn't opt out of the freaking, the, the, the tire bowl. I mean, this dude opted out of like the freaking orange bowl. I mean, a huge game. Games that used to really mean a lot. You know, again, on that note, opt outs. Does it, does it bother you in any way? And I mean, what would be, do, do you have a solution for making bowl season great again, if you will? I mean, is it less good than it used to be? Well, when you have some of the top players opting out, I think it just it, it takes away some of the for fans at least. You know, it takes away. Well, like if the players don't care, then I mean, how big of a game could it really be? You know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I well, think that's well, kind of okay. Weird. So I think yeah. so. I think you're kind of. I think it conflates two things. I think like it's not to say that they don't care. You're just like you're making a business decision at that point. I mean, there's still you know, 70, 80 guys on that roster that really do care. They're there, you know, for the next couple of years and they want to win this game. So I think like that kind of conflates, sorry. I think that kind of conflates a couple of things there just with the opt-outs. Like I don't, I don't have a problem with the opt-out again. It's just like, you know, don't, don't force somebody to do something that they don't want to do in a voluntary exercise because you're not going to get their best out. You're not going to get your best out of them. So, like, you know, if you're a first-round draft pick, does it make sense to play in the Orange Bowl? I mean, probably not. Mm. Like, if you tear up a knee or you get hurt a shoulder, like, you're, you just killed your draft stock. And so, I mean, it makes total sense to not play in that game. I don't, I don't view that as, you know, quitting on a team by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, that's those are just the realities that come with it. I mean, like, Oklahoma's going to play in a bowl game, and, you know, he's not talking about Lincoln Riley quitting right. on the team. And he did. So, you know, from that standpoint, I don't have an issue with it. You know, like, if Kenny Pickett plays or not, like, does that change my excitement level for, you know, me as a casual observer of college football to Pitt's bowl game? No. Like, you know, it is what it is. Hmm. Like, I, it, you know, with, when you talk about the focus, you know, on the playoff, you know, that's, that's where it's all certainly been driven to. But I don't think it changes – like you know, I was I had my TV on. Uh, was was the one in Detroit, Car Care Bowl, right? Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. But you know, just kind of on in the background, and you know, so that's what I do for most of the bowl games anyway. So I don't I don't think it makes a drastic difference one way or the other. Yeah. No, you to like me you said, at least. I mean, yeah, I, it, I could be wrong across. Yeah, I mean, the board. It's, it's a business decision, like you said. I, I think whether people like it or not, you know, college football is moving more towards like more guys are going to make business decisions. And again, I, I, I have no issues also with if guys want to opt out, like I said, don't force people to do something they don't want to do. I will also say on the other side, do I love seeing guys opt out? Do I love seeing my favorite no. players not play? No, I don't think anybody does, right? Nobody does. And, and you hate to think of, you know, for example, South Carolina is not going to put the best version of its team on the field on Thursday without the guys that, you know, the Quandre White, who was your leading rusher, J.J. Barry, who was your best defensive lineman, and Jason Brown, who was your starting quarterback down the stretch, how could you be putting the best product, your best foot forward in that game? But, again, you got to respect guys. And I, and I went on a rant about the transfer portal and guys bettering their own situations. And, you know, there, there's no scenario in life 
in which you can't better your own situation. So I don't fault a guy at all, you know, speaking directly about Jason Brown, I don't fault a guy at all for wanting to improve or enhance his own situation. Now, on that note again, let's just move into the game, Alex. You know, Southcom taking on North Carolina, the Dukes Mayo Bowl, 11.30 a.m. kickoff, which whoever made that kickoff time can kick rocks. That, that is just brutal. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, 11.30 a.m. in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, really intriguing game. We'll start at the quarterback position. Zeb Nolan take, taking the reins yet again. I, I thought maybe we were uh, – we were done, but Zeb Simber is here, and uh, Zeb Nolan will get the final opportunity to, to, I don't know, add to the illustrious story that is the graduate assistant somehow, some way, suiting up and doing it for a couple of games for the Gamecocks in 2021. You know, Alex, when I look at this game, and South Carolina sits as a 10-point underdog, and it was seven, went up to 10, I think, after the opt-outs and stuff like that. Totals 59, which – blows my mind blows my mind i understand unc's porous defensively but the gamecocks have been solid on defense very good on defense especially against the past and cannot do anything at, at least for most of the season offensively but zeb nolan again taking the reins what what are you expecting out of the guy i, I mean i you know i, I just I mean, you know again you don't have zaquandre white I, I i guess the recipe for success offensively is going to be basically what it was throughout the entire year that we better hope the offensive line shows up and can lean on the running game because, as we know, asking Zeb Nolan to throw 30, 40, 50 passes is not going to be the recipe for success on the offensive side. And the Gamecocks should be able to score. UNC gives up 31 points per game. So what gives? Does South going to continue its offensive struggles or can they take advantage of a porous UNC defense? I would probably default to the former on that one, to be <laughs> honest with you. But it, like, as an aside, it, is 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 Colton Gauthier just like awful? Like, what what like we've got a month to prep him for this? Like, like Zeb's going to be a GA again right. after this bowl game? Like, how are we? Okay, neither. I, I, I mean, I trust me. I, that's that's a great question because people ask me about you know you're adding quarterbacks, Rattler, Bailey. Uh, Davis, Doty will be back. I'm, I'm they're like, oh, who transfers? I'm like, it has to be Gauthier, right? I mean, the, the dude hasn't cracked. He hasn't even sniffed the lineup. You know what I mean? Wait, like, let the, bo- let the boy take some snaps. See what you got. I don't know. I, I mean, trust me, your, your guess is as good as mine, my friend. Your guess is as good as I mine. I mean, like, it, it, and I mean no disrespect by this to Colonel right. Zeb, but, like, you know, like, the vibe I get from this is, like, <laughs> this game is just, like, the physical embodiment of a jar of mayonnaise. Like, <laughs> It's fine, but I'm not like pumped about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, and the sati- <laughs> I, you know again, I talked to you off air about it, man. But the statistics are just are just baffling that South Carolina has not thrown for 200 or more yards in the last five games. And, and I think again, this is going to be a game you're going to have to throw the football with, with some effectiveness. Uh, again, they give up 230 yards per game to the air, 170 on the ground. You know. Uh, Whatever, win or lose, it's not going to be an indictment on the future of South Carolina football. If you win this, you're not going to win the national championship next year. If you lose it, the program's not headed down the crapper. It's a bowl game. It is what it is. It stands alone. But, man, the Gamecocks really should be able to move the football, man. There's just going to be no excuse. There's going to be no excuse. Well, I mean, it's not like – I mean, with Zaquandre White not playing, it's not like you have, like, me – as the next man up in the backfield. Right. I mean, we've got good players back there. So, I mean, hopefully we should be able to move the ball, and especially, like, with a month of practice time leading up to it. You know, hopefully everybody's sharp 
gotten the reps they need to get in, especially, you know, because those guys opted out or hit the portal early, like you've gotten a lot of reps for everybody else. You know, so there's there's a very there's very few like surprises lingering in there on who's gonna be getting the football and who's gonna be taking the snaps. So, you know, hopefully that leads to some success. I mean, the last time we had a off week, we came into it pretty well. So maybe we'll do the same thing. Yeah. And of course, Kevin Harris will be spearheading that rushing attack. Uh, defensively, though, Alex, and again, I, I think this is a game where South Carolina, I don't know if you'd agree, they're going to have to score, I think, at minimum 24 points to win the football game. I, I just, I don't think, you know, again, your past defense, top 10 in the country, uh, exceeded all of our expectations, but UNC is going to move the football. I mean, they average 36 mm-hmm. to 37 points per game. Sam Howell is a very legitimate player. They've got Ty Chandler at running back, which if that name rings a bell, he played at Tennessee. Guy ran for 1,063 yards, 6.1 yards per carry, and 13 touchdowns. And I told you off the air, too, like the most baffling stat regarding UNC, we all think of Sam Howell, the passer. Dude, he ran for 825 yards this year and 11 touchdowns. He averages 75 a game on his own right. When you look defensively, I I think the greatest key in the game, you got to find a way to make – UNC one-dimensional. You know, obviously, they can't be doing both and you have any chance. UNC averages 220 rushing yards per game. Alex, get this. In games when you've allowed 180 or more rushing yards, you're one and six. So, you know, I I know people get tired of hearing me say, oh, run the ball, stop the run. Like, yeah, we get it. But in a game like this, I I just think that'll mean everything. You show me the rushing statistics, the final rushing statistics from UNC, I'll tell you what the margin of victory or defeat was in this ballgame. 100%. 100%. In addition to the fact, like, this is really the first, like, mobile quarterback we've played. But let me let me back that up. This is the first, like, guy that is, like, a contributor to the running game that we have right. played at the quarterback position. So, I mean, that's a new wrinkle you have to prepare for entirely. So, I, I don't, I don't want to be a negative Nancy here. But I would, I would get ready to see some very frustrating uh, long third-down conversions on uh, quarterback scrambles. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you lose J.J. Nibari for the game, and, and the Gamecocks already, you know, the front seven just hasn't done it. They just have not stopped the run effectively enough. And, and again, you look at uh, you, know, you, you look at this matchup, and it's just, it's just not favorable. It's, it's just called for what it is. It's just not favorable. Um, again, we talked about importance of the bowl game, and I had somebody ask me on social media, you know, how important is it? You know, if, if South kind of loses, what does it mean? And, again, like I just told you, Alex, I want to get your perspective. A bowl game is a standalone thing, right? Like South Carolina lost, you you were on the team, the 2005 Independence Bowl, which people forget that one. That was a painful, painful L. I think we were up by like 21 points and Mizzou with, uh, what was the quarterback's name? Brad, Brad Smith. Uh, Brad Smith, dude. He was, an, he was nasty too. And they came all the way back and, and beat us, whatever. But it's a standalone thing, right? Like it, it's not a, if you lose, you know, your program, like I said, is going in the tank or if you win all of a sudden you're, you're whatever. But, but, uh, you know, I just look at it this way. When you've won, like I said, nine bowl games in your history, they're all pretty important. H- how do you view the bowl game? Because uh, I think it can serve as definitely a springboard and, like you said, an opportunity for guys that maybe don't get to see the field as much or maybe guys that just haven't been great contributors. Like, if you pop off in a bowl game, maybe it can spurn you for a big following season. Like, your overall thoughts and mentality, I guess, as where you sit as a fan going into this bowl game. So, I, 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 like, does it – I mean, is it going to, like, ruin my week if we lose the bowl game? No. But, I mean, it's it for the team, like, going out the, you know, 2021 season 
amid the expectations that the national media, local media, everybody laid in front of you were like, this team is going to win three or four games. And it's like, if you can get out of this season going seven and six, winning a bowl game, the momentum that provides going into 22 is gigantic. And I think, you know, with those opt-outs, now you've got opportunities for guys who had been backups this year, not necessarily running that position, but certainly on the defensive line to get in there and shine through in an opportunity that may not have been given early in the year. So I think, you know, you couple those two things together, the extra reps that everybody's getting leading up to this bowl game, you know, it's just, it's an extra spring practice. And those are so helpful going into winter conditioning and the spring practice and then the summer and then the fall camp and just kind of how that thing rolls down the hill. I mean, it's huge. It's huge. And if you can go out of there with a win, even better. I mean, loss isn't great to finish the season on, but, you know, at least you got the extra practices and you got some guys in there that would get reps that normally wouldn't get them. Well, yeah, and you mentioned that. I'm glad you brought it up, Alex. You know, Steve Spurrier, he made the point. I think it's a great point that, you know, he talked about the importance of winning a bowl game and just how big it is for, you know, the players specifically in the locker room. And again, you mentioned, of course, you played for Gamecocks football when you guys beat Houston in the Liberty Bowl. And he just talked about, you know, it makes spring practice better. It makes conditioning better. It makes fall camp better. I mean, it, it, it's it's a very big deal. And again, it can serve as a springboard for your football team when you, it doesn't have to be the playoff. When you win your last game, just I think from purely a momentum standpoint, and South Carolina's got a lot of it. You know, I, I think what's very interesting about this game, Alex, is that, you know, the bigger victory is the addition of Spencer Rattle. Just call for what it is. It, it is. It's the bigger victory, right? And so I think no matter what the result is, Gamecock fans are going to look ahead of 2022 in a positive light just because of that addition. But if you can couple that with a bowl win, again, it just so so positively impacts your football team and, again, makes the morale of your team so much better, as you mentioned, going throughout, like I said, spring practice, conditioning, fall camp, and then eventually into the, the following year. 100%. It's, yeah. it's just – it's nice to – like, you know, you get to celebrate with your teammates. You get to hold the trophy. You get the hats. I don't know what they do with the other hats, but <laughs> you get the hats. Um, it's, it's just a cool thing to be a part of that is momentum changing within a program. Mm. No, I, you know, I, I think back to when you guys won the 06 Liberty Bowl. And that, that was, I mean, that was, I remember going to like a Gamecock Club event, Aiken South kind of the following year and that trophy being there. That was a huge deal. Like, I, that, that was, I mean, and again, that's, that stands out as, you know, one of my favorite memories as a Gamecock football fan with Blake Mitchell to Kenny McKinley and Sidney Rice and Jasper Brinkley. And that was a hell of a time, man. That was a hell of a time and a hell of a season for sure, too. Fun fact about that trophy. Um, I'm not going to name names here, but uh, <laughs> suffice it to say that that trophy ended up in one of the offensive linemen's hotel rooms who overslept the departing plane uh, back to Columbia from Memphis. And so that uh, trophy <laughs> had to be had to be driven in somebody's car back from uh, Memphis to Columbia. Knowing the guys on that team, I, I can think of a few off the top of my head that would probably be the last. It's not the ones you're thinking of. Oh, okay. I can tell you. Okay. That. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah, I was gonna say I can think of some probably some likely culprits uh, for sure. It was. It, it was not. It was not at the top of your list. I can promise you that. I got you. Huh. That's interesting. Alex, it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, I, again, always a pleasure to get your perspective and talk Gamecocks football. Last thing before I let you go, though. Um, r- tell me if this is a bad idea. I, I'm actually thinking about 
if Sal kind of wins the football game, I might uh, might have to consume a jar of mayo on the live stream. Would, would you? Would you please eat a jar? Please don't do that. No, you, you wouldn't do that no. if, if the game comes. No, 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 no. I'm alone. It's not worth it. I'm alone. In yes, that. you are. <laughs> Completely alone. You're on the all right, island. All right, all right, all right. Here's a better question. Then Here, here's a here's a better question. And more important, are you a mayo guy? Are you a mayonnaise guy? Light, lightly dusted oh. things with mayo is good. Like when you when you bite, take a bite of the sandwich and globs of it are falling off, that's not my scene. <laughs> Bigger mustard That's guy, or I mean, what, what's your what's your condiment of choice? Spi- spicy mustard. Oh, sriracha, no doubt. Oh, okay. See, I like mayo, chipotle mayo. I I, I rock with it all, man. When I get like See, chipotle mayo, I like that a little better because it's got a little more flavor to it. But to like, it, yeah, spicy spicy mustard over like your standard yellow mustard. Yeah. It may what, just be spicy things in general that I'm into. So who could say? What do what do you what do you think about the mayo bath? that they're talking about the, the winning coach will, I mean, I, I, I want to see a lot of things in life. I don't know that I'm craving to see Shane Beamer doused in mayonnaise. That doesn't sound I would like probably, I would, I would lose the game on purpose. Not to cover the <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the thought of Shane Beamer or Mac Brown covered in mayonnaise is just not something <laughs> I really want to see all that badly. I mean, you know, again, we win the game, so be it, but yeah. Yeah, I, I I would not be happy if I were in that position and I got dumped mayo on my on myself. So no, I, no, that that doesn't seem like something that would come off easily either. No. Like something you'd have to take. And you got to do the post game interview in mayonnaise. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, I'm hopefully good. it's not hot. Oh God, oh God. <laughs> on that note alex always a pleasure my friend really looking forward to the game and obviously again i guess we'll talk to you next week to break down everything that happens and hopefully next week this time we're talking after a gamecocks victory in the dukes mayo but either way man always a pleasure and appreciate your perspective as always absolutely man for sure he's alex mcgrath i'm chris Fultz. appreciate you guys tuning in and we'll catch you next time on another episode of the spurs up show The story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.